Hello, Great Minds! It's Friday, and that means it's time for Drinks with Great Minds in History, as I have some brief announcements to make. But you know I could never do that without chatting a little bit about history, too. And of course I had to have a drink. So welcome to the show everyone, today I just wanted to get a few things out of the way as we get ready to wrap up Season 2. First, I will be taking next week off as I get everything ready for the Season 2 Battle Royale, which is bound to be a beautifully epic shit show. After that, Sherry, Luke, and finally Cullen will join me for their annual birthday specials. They pick the content, they drive the show, I'm just along for the ride. Then I might sneak a bonus episode in the middle of these birthday celebrations, as it wouldn't be a bonus season on DGMH if I didn't talk a little bit about King James I. Then we will say our goodbyes for Season 2 in November, just before Thanksgiving in the US. I'm sure that everyone will want to get together at some point for some sort of holiday special during the show break, but who knows what that will be about. All I know is I can't go that many months without any content and leave my listeners heartbroken. Around March, I will put out the Season 3 trailer, with Season 3 actually beginning in April. Why yes, I am taking three whole months off without any new content at all. It's hard to imagine, even for me, but I think it needs to be done. Plus, that will give you some time to catch up on all the great content you might have missed on the show and tell all of your friends, please. And if you're looking for even more content, you could always go check out some of my favorite shows, like Say Hello to the Bad Guy podcast, to get all sorts of interesting bits on the history of America's more organized criminals. Or the Delightful Queens podcast, to get even more on your favorite mistresses and queens. I love them both, and I'm sure you will too. As for today, well, I figured we'd stick with the art topic a little longer, and I would tell you about the history surrounding one of my favorite paintings, Winslow Homer's Bermuda Settlers. And even though it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and it is certainly lazy on my part, I am enjoying an ice-cold red-striped Jamaican lager to toast this episode. Aside from both islands being British dominions, there's not much of a connection there. Well, unless you count Kokomo. So Bermuda or Bahama, come on, pretty mamas. Baby, why don't we just enjoy this Jamaican lager? Hell, I'm even, in a way, off the Florida Keys. So yeah, let's go ahead and talk about some pigs. But first, a better song in no one's opinion. It's some history for you, a reason to drink for me. It's the history of the great minds that made history come to be. So, in a kind of sad twist, one of my favorite paintings is a watercolor. Not that that's a bad thing, but the subject of this painting by 19th century artist Winslow Homer is of a bunch of little piggies. Homer, who according to the Met, is quote, regarded by many as the greatest American painter of the 19th century, actually got his start in the same way as our last topic, Thomas Nast. Homer painted for none other than Harper's Weekly, capturing similar images to that of Nast, that is, moments both momentous and minuscule of the U.S. Civil War. Born in Boston, Homer too made his way to New York City in the 1870s after the war, where he first started experimenting with watercolors. Like, at least I believe, I won't lie, it was a little hard to confirm today's subject, the Bermuda Settlers. But, after 1884, he pretty much lived a life of solitude in northern Maine, where his career seemed to turn. It is said that his, quote, powerful and dramatic interpretations of the sea in watercolor have never been surpassed and hold a unique place in American art. And Bermuda, the focus of this episode, well, sort of, was one of the more common subjects at this point in his artistic career. 
But the story of Bermuda's discovery, however, is equally unique as Homer's painting itself. What was once called, quote, an enchanted pile of rocks in a desert inhabitation for devils, Bermuda floated alone in the emptiness of the Atlantic. This mysterious rock vexed the English settlers who stumbled upon the island in 1609, just two years after creating the Jamestown colony. In reality, the mysteries of the island were not so mysterious at all. As one early Bermuda visitor noted, quote, All the fairies of the rocks were but flocks of birds, and the devils that haunted the woods were but herds of swine. The English discovery of Bermuda in 1609 was certainly by chance, as an English merchant ship, the Sea Venture, found itself shipwrecked on the island during its return from England with supplies for the now-struggling Jamestown colony. Hit by a particularly challenging storm, the captain wrecked the ship off the island's coast. The ship's captain, Sir George Somers, saved the crew from near certain death at sea by doing this. Somers and his crew would spend the next ten months on the island, while everyone else from the initial voyage that made it to Jamestown thought them dead. They built churches and homes, lived off the available food, and worked to build two small ships that would eventually carry them back to Jamestown. In a later letter, Somers told the British government that Bermuda was, quote, the most plentiful place that ever I came for fish, hogs, and fowl. All 142 surviving would-be colonists of Bermuda departed for Jamestown in May 1610, just to arrive during the, quote, starving time in Jamestown's colonial history, which is just about as bad as it sounds. Somers returned to Bermuda on a new ship, the Patience, to collect more food for the struggling Jamestown colony, but he died before he ever had the chance to return. Bermuda would be formally colonized by the English in 1615 under the leadership and direction of the newly created Somers Island Company. It is said that Somers loved the island so much that his heart was buried there, but none of this was the subject of Homer's painting. So, who were Homer's original Bermuda settlers, if not the English? Well, in this case, the Hogs. Homer's Bermuda Settlers, sometimes called the Hogs of Bermuda, is a simple little piece that attempts to capture the arrival of settlers on the island of Bermuda. Homer painted this watercolor masterpiece in 1901. In the painting, the Hogs of Bermuda, the island's first permanent settlers, who no doubt wreaked havoc on the island's indigenous ecosystem, scattered at the sight of the island's newest arrivals, one might suspect the English. In fear, the piggies ran into the darkened wooden portion of both the painting and the island, all except one little piggy that seems to stare directly into the viewer's eyes. Now, I know I'm talking about a pig here, but Homer seems to capture the innocence of the creature in a way that is no doubt reminiscent, at least to me, of the first contact following the arrival of the first Europeans in the Caribbean islands. No lie, the pig seems to stare directly at the viewer in a way that questions one's intentions for looking at the painting in the first place, for invading the space. That is to say, the piggy looks quite unsure of what's to come. Homer's landscape is stunning, but to me, the beauty is in the simplicity of the piece itself. It's just pigs looking around at the unknown. But wait one second, that raises a whole other question. How the hell did little piggies get on Bermuda in the first place when hogs are indigenous to the Old World? This part you may know. In the 15th century, travelers passing by islands that were somewhat off their intended route would often toss piggies overboard. Instinctively knowing how to swim to the nearest landmass, the pigs would inhabit the island, breed, and produce a readily available food source when settlers returned to the island in the near or distant future. Although never settled by the Spanish or Portuguese who likely dumped the piggies overboard in the first place, the island appeared on Spanish maps as early as 1511. 
and the island was used as a stopping point by some sailors to replenish supplies for the next century, never actually being settled, however, by anyone that is except the piggies. So yeah, the pigs. They just got dumped off a ship, swam for their lives, were marooned on an island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, and took over. That is until their peaceful existence was ended by the arrival of the English. A colonial tale as old as fucking time. I mean, I guess there are still plenty of piggies there today, so that's at least something. The hogs of Bermuda are so important to the nation's history that it is the feature of their one-cent currency. The hog, and of course, the queen. Well, that's it. Three pages on three or more little piggies. And honestly, I could probably write more, but I won't. However, I will be sure to share the painting on all DGMH social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, which you should totally go and follow, like right fucking now. And please, if you enjoyed all the shenanigans of this season, then go and leave us a great, hopefully, five-star review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you are dreading the end of this season, then consider checking out the DGMH Patreon page. There you can get access to hours upon hours of bonus content with me and all your favorite guests. Now let's rate this drink. Red Stripe is one of those beers that I always want when I see it, but I never really love when I drink it. It has a sort of sweetness to it that makes it unique in terms of taste. It's neither spectacular nor terrible, just somewhere in the middle. And that's exactly where we will settle today. Three points for taste. For price, well, I grabbed a 12-pack at Sam's Club, and it cost a little over $13, which isn't a terrible price. Coming in at a little over a dollar a beer, how about those math skills, everyone? That's right up there with Corona. And that isn't really a great thing, because this isn't quite as good. Another modest score of four points for price. But for some reason, I always come back to Red Stripe at least once per year. I am never really disappointed enough to stay away, but I never seem to long for a return. But the bottles are so damn adorable that that might just be what draws me back again and again. And I'll likely be back again, I just can't be sure when. Four points for a safe and sure return in the uncertain future. That means Red Stripe leaves the show with 11 out of 18 points and four crowns, a safe, somewhat different middle-tier beer. Well, that's literally all I have to give. I could say more about Bermuda's rich history or their involvement in the English Civil Wars or the American Revolution, but I think I will pass on that for now as it pretty much has nothing to do with the hogs of Bermuda, the real topic of the day. Don't forget, no new content next week, but join us in two weeks for the beautiful shit show that will be the Season 2 Battle Royale. Going into this, I can honestly say that I had no idea that Winslow Homer was the artist that created my favorite little piggies nor did I know he had a connection to Thomas Nast, last week's topic, through Harper's Weekly. I guess it's always fun to learn new things, I just can't believe that I put out an entire episode about a painting of pigs. I'd say that's just about as sad as it is fucking awesome. I hope. Cheers! Cheers!